0: Welcome to Changing the Rules, a weekly podcast about people who are living their best life and how you can figure out how to do it, too. Join us with your lively host, Ray Lowe, better known as the luckiest guy in the world. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to uh, Scenic Woodbury, New Jersey, where we're at the studios of Wildfire Podcasting, and we're here with our engineer Taylor, who's going to make sure that uh, that this podcast actually airs the way it's supposed to. And uh, our podcast today is going to be a little different because uh, we have a co-host for the month of July, and her name is Bonnie Shea. And uh, Bonnie and I decided to do kind of a prep co- podcast because. Uh, what she's bringing to the table is so new and so interesting uh, that we kind of wanted to give you a preview and kind of uh, give you some tips on why you want to listen to this and how you might want to listen. So, uh, Bonnie Shea, say hello. Hello
1: hello everybody good
0: morning and and bonnie has been on our podcast before so uh, she may sound familiar to you and uh bonnie is uh, chicago based and she has a firm called mariposo photo organizing and uh uh, bonnie has uh, done a couple things for me long ago and oh so far away she helped me organize my photos in a zen portfolio portfolio and so i have a photo website now and uh And she did a magnificent job of it. And then I think she decided that I was too boring, and she decided to transition her business away from from digital photographs to paper photographs. Is that right, Bonnie?
1: I don't know, the boring part is right, but yes, I'm only working on printed photo collections
0: now. Yeah, and, and uh, you seem to be intrigued, and, and, and uh, you're known in some circles as the, the photo detective, I think, right? Yeah, it's,
1: yeah it's, it's like being a detective. I love it.
0: Okay, so, so anyway, Bonnie's got a tremendous amount of background in storytelling, And uh, she's. What we're going to talk today about is we're going to. I I guess the title of this, Bonnie, is the power of a story. Is that where we're going? Yes. Okay. And and uh, stories are so so powerful. And uh, let's talk a little bit for a minute on why they're so powerful and why people need to take an interest in this. So I, I know I can start this off by, you know, a lot of people as they get older want to be remembered or they have a mission that they've been on or a story to tell and they want to be able to tell that story and how to tell it right. And, and, and stories help us communicate better and stories help us maybe uh, have better relationships with grandchildren. So, so add to this, Bonnie, why do we want to learn to tell stories?
1: sort of consider that stories um provide four general things and I want to preface that with that I think we all appreciate stories differently during the course of our life I think we appreciate pictures differently in the course of our life as well but that's sort of a subset of stories so I can say that at my age at 62 almost stories are more meaningful to me than ever before and true stories to be very specific are my favorite But the four general things I think stories do for us as human beings are, one, they educate and instruct. So I want to share this funny story that um, I think back to how bored I was in history class in school because they often just recited facts and figures and details, and we were supposed to memorize all of that. Well, I think to myself, they had taught us more through stories. I would have paid better attention and probably learned more so, for me, biographies are my favorite ways of learning about history because they're stories, someone's life, but it, it really gives you a good, you know, uh, information. So, can so they I, educate and instruct.
0: Can I, can I, I ampl- also can I amplify yes. on that a little bit? Because yes. I, I I think that's a really good point. I mean, you know, we all went through these these uh, teachers in our lives, and some of them were notable, and some of them were not. And you know, when I go back and think about it, the ones that told the stories, the one that the ones that put everything in a story format, uh, are much more memorable, and I got much more out of the class. And and I think this is true when you're talking to your grandchildren too. You know, uh, kids remember stories. You know, they tend not to remember facts. So, I think that's a really good point. And uh, anyway, sorry I interrupted. Go on, please.
1: No, that's good, because I'm going to add one more thing, because you just made me think of this. We think of our teachers and the really boring ones that were dry, like, you know, stood at a lectern and just lectured to us really dryly, with sort of no facial emotion. You know, we all fell asleep and didn't learn. But if you have someone tell a story, they're more likely to be animated. You know, because they're like, it's a lie. It comes alive. So yeah. I think
0: that's another layer of, of help. And, you know, we just went through this whole COVID thing, and and Zoom became either our best friend, our worst enemy, or something in between. And, <laughs> and, and I think uh, one of the big problems that we had were uh, communicating with children and grandchildren during, the, during this period of time. And I know that uh, a number of people— did better when they had story time with their grandchildren and whether they read stories or whether they made up stories and and uh i remember talking to uh to at least one person and names are going to elude me right now but but the idea of um grandpa got on the phone with his grandchildren and once a week and created a story and sometimes put pictures in that story so uh please continue miss bonnie
1: Well, and I'm going to mention that that story you just shared with us, we're going to hear it on our podcast because that was from Donna Lubeau, who's one of our podcast people coming up this month. So it all connects. It all connects. So another way stories um, add to our life is they entertain us. As we know, they can make us laugh. They can make us cry. You know, they can be bittersweet, but they give us a variety of emotions. So we just connect with them. I also think stories document people, places, things, events, you know, it's a lot of information woven into the story. So I like that it preserves information for now and for future generations so that it's always available. And then to me, lastly, the big piece of what I think stories provides that I learned a lot in the recent months, and we'll elaborate on it as we talk, um, stories can be therapeutic. Both for the writer and/or the listener, they can very, they can very be very powerful.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think. Um... I came back from a lot of travel, and uh, we have a mutual friend, Rebecca Hoffman, who's also been one of our co-hosts on our show a while ago. And uh, she's big into storytelling, too, and she helped me craft a number of stories. And And when you come back from a trip or you come back from any kind of event, weaving things into a story make you more interesting and more memorable. I, I, I remember going over to a friend's house, and their trip was— not a story it was 543 photographs of a trip uh-huh. And and I think that gets old really fast. But the but the ones that show a relatively smaller number of photos and things like that and tell stories about their experiences and and add the the flavors and the colors and the and the scenes and the the, the noise and everything else that came in are much more interesting to talk to. So so we have these four things. We we have the fact that stories are educational, they're entertaining, they can be documentary and they can be therapeutic. Do you want to spend a couple minutes on therapeutic?
1: Um, Yes. So I, during this pandemic, joined a memoir class, and it was on Zoom, and there were about a dozen of us, and the teacher before class gave us some prompts so that we could each write a version of our memoir, not a version, a slice of our memoir. And so I came to the first class. You know, we all came. We had turned our homework in because we didn't want detention after class that night. (laughs) So um, the teacher said she was going to read them for all of us. And what was very interesting is one of the people that was there asked the teacher if she could read her own. Like she didn't think she liked the idea of the teacher reading the story. And the teacher very politely said to her, I would like to read it because you will hear it very differently coming out of my mouth as the teacher than if you read your own words. And it was unbelievable, Ray. Who would have ever thought of this little tweak? But when you hear someone else saying your words, it's almost like you're reading someone else's words yourself. It's sort of the reverse of that. So that was very powerful. But we have about 12 people in the class. And the teacher read all of the stories, and we're listening, and we give feedback to each other after each story so that people can get feedback how their story was to the listeners. But a lot of the people were there sharing very traumatic and heartbreaking stories from their childhood. Well, you know, won't go into detail, but it was unbelievable, some of these stories. And it was heartbreaking, but what I realized, it was therapeutic, A, for the writer because they had gone through the process of writing their story. They were brave and courageous to share it. Obviously we were in a safe environment, you know, they, they knew who was there, but it was very therapeutic for them to write and share. And this was from way back in their life. And to me, it was also therapeutic for the listeners because we were maybe relating to some of our own stories or just recognizing that these people were brave and
0: what stories can do for all of us. Okay. Let's, let's take a minute because I, when we were prepping for this call, you were talking also about different ways of telling a story. And then after you give us the list, I'd like to go and talk a little bit about the people that you're going to be bringing into our podcast over, over the month of July and what they do and how they do it differently. And, uh, and then I want to come back and talk about the fact that everybody has a story, because many of us don't think we do. So so let's talk about the different ways to tell a story first.
1: Yeah, so to me, the different types of stories are the written word, the spoken word, photos, videos, and movies. And then you can get into the cultural arts, like dance. People tell stories through dance. Through visual art, you know, they could paint a story. Hands you know, think of Marcel Marceau. He told us stories, music of any sort, you know, uh, instruments or singing. And then comics, animation, cartoons tell us stories. You know, a lot of us grew up reading comic books, but we were reading stories. So those are the different types
0: of stories that i came up with okay so so you are bringing a number of uh, guests to our podcast and thank you for that because i think the benefit of having a co-host uh here that's different every month or so is that we get a different flavor of people coming in so let's let's talk about a couple of the people that you're going to introduce to us and let's let's start um well i'll let you start with where you want to start
1: Eeny, meeny, miny, bow. Let's
0: talk about Arielle. Okay.
1: Arielle Nobley, And Ray, why don't you share what you know of her?
0: You've met her. Well, I know Arielle is a filmmaker <coughs> of note. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, she is working for some of the people that we've actually had on our podcast before. So uh, I have met her. She's a delightful person and she is extraordinarily creative. And uh, now, Tell me more, Bonnie.
1: Well, she basically has her niche or her focus are (laughs) documentary films. So she's not making films that she's trying to buy for an Academy Award and hiring actors and actresses and all that. She's interviewing people who want their family story told. So she and I have collaborated. In fact, that's how we met. She needed a photo organizer to help with one of her films. Because what she does is she merges together the interviews she does, and then we've digitized printed photos, we've digitized old movie clips, and then she weaves them together into the end result. So she's focused...
0: Go ahead. No. And and so she would be she's going to talk to a large extent about people who know they have a story. Okay, either they built a business, they built a family, uh, they've done something creative in their life. And this story needs to be told and they want to document it for uh, eternity. Right. Is that pretty much where we're going there?
1: Correct.
0: Okay. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So so let's take one of the other people you're going to introduce us to because it's different.
1: How it about, is different. How
0: about Michelle?
1: Yes. So Michelle Heffman is someone who I met relatively recently. And uh we live near each other. And what she does is she helps people with their photo collections. But I help people with their personal photo collections photos of themselves. What Michelle does is she has clients who have collected photos taken by other people. Quite a few that were infamous you know, photographers that we would recognize names for uh, in our history. And they have these huge collections. They might have hundreds or thousands of collections. And what she does, and she'll share a lot of interesting stories with us, is organizes them, documents them, and then sometimes, just like general antique dealers, they sometimes reach a limit of how much that they can have on their collection. So they let go of some antiques so that they can bring in some new. So think of that. That's what Michelle does. She'll work with her client to let go of a few, sell them, to make room to come in with their collection with some new pieces.
0: Yeah, But I, I think... I I think she also um, will uh, help people that have collections that are notable and set them up for display in a museum or an exhibit of some kind.
1: Exactly. And one of her most um, passionate projects right now is someone who has collected photos specifically along the theme of social justice. And so they're working with um, a local institution here in Chicago to have an exhibit because the client wants people to be educated by their photos besides being just visually, you know, interesting.
0: Okay. So let's let's talk about Donna for a minute. Again, this is a totally different way of looking at things.
1: Right. So Donna Lubeau founded Short Story Theater here in my community about seven or eight years ago, and it's basically – Having amateurs, just people like you and me, you know. Once again, not actors and actresses, telling a story, and you are are suggest that you come up with a story between ten and twelve minutes in length, and it has to be a true. That's the one rule. It has to be a true story, and then you go and you perform it. And she picks four people each time she has this event, pre-pandemic, and it takes place in a local restaurant with a you know back room, and there's about fifty people. Most of the people there are friends and families of the storytellers. But then some people have just come just to enjoy. And it's been going on for eight years. And the stories that are told and the people you meet, and I've performed several times. And she's just a fascinating woman and has other background stuff. So I really thought it'd be fun to have her on the show.
0: Okay, so we're going to have three really creative new people in the month of july and maybe we'll add a fourth in there somewhere but but the idea is these are people who can show us how to tell stories in different ways now let's back up a little bit and dwell a little bit or spend a little more time on this concept of why do you want to tell a story why bother I mean uh, I I talk to a lot of people and they say I don't have a story nobody wants to hear about me or my life or my experiences and I find uh, 99% of the time that's not true
1: you're absolutely right and I can have two examples of that one was from one of your own podcasts when you interviewed Nora Kerr who is a memoir writer that I've known here in Chicago for a while and she shared with us some of the challenges she has in the work that she does. And she shared with us, you know, as listeners, that um, she would be hired by an adult child and she had to contact the parent to interview them, because that's whose story she was going to be telling. So she'd call mom or dad, whoever the you know the story was gonna be about, and she'd say, so let's make a date and you know, so I can hear your story and interview, et cetera. And the people oftentimes would reply, I don't have a story. I'm nobody special. Who will want to read my story? It's not important. And, you know, sort of play down their story. Be beyond humble, right? And so Nora came up with a great way to ask them to spin it around. And she would say, Susie, for conversation, just using a name, Susie, How wonderful would it be if you had your parents' story written down and documented to be able to read and appreciate and value? And it was like magic. In a split second, these people would switch their minds and say, oh, and they would get it. So it's not like she's trying to write a story about a famous person that's going to sell 100,000 copies. That's not for who her audience is. It's the children, it's the grandchildren, et cetera. So I thought that was a great way to spin it around. And I've used that with my own clients, Ray, because some of people who call me to want to hire me, they tell me, I don't know what to do with my photos. My kids tell me they don't want them. You know, there's too many boxes of them. I don't want, they don't want them. And I very courteously and diplomatically explain, we all appreciate photos in different ways, in different parts of our life, and maybe where these children are right now, they don't get it, but they will be sorry they don't have your photos if you're gone and not here to tell the stories, photographically or orally. So it, that gives my clients a real sense of okay, our kids may not get it right now, but someday, and we don't want we don't want to get to that point, Ray. When it's too late, yeah, and, and that's what Nora and, Nora has said
0: too. And handing them a box of photos that are unorganized is is why they want to throw them out, uh, you know. But there's stories in there that can be told, and and I think it was Nora that that mentioned the fact that uh, she had written a story about her father uh, just before he died, and one day she went in to uh, check on her son, and here he was awake reading the book about her father. Yes, so, so, absolutely. So there are reasons. Everybody's got stories, and everybody uh, really needs to think about telling them. Uh, and I, I think you're right, Bonnie. You go back and you say, would I have liked to have had more information about my parents? Would I have liked to know more about my grandparents? And almost invariably, the answer is yes. And, and so why wouldn't they want to hear your story too, okay? Um, let's... Um, let's talk a little bit about uh some of the other reasons maybe that people want to tell stories and i think one has to do with the fact that uh we have grandchildren that we want to communicate with and how do you work with them how how do you you know what's the best vehicle to be uh part of your grandchildren's lives uh... and i think stories have a place in there So, uh, so any other comments about why we want to tell stories and why we're going to want to listen to these people coming up
1: well what i think i tell people is there's no one way to tell a story and each of us have different strengths and different interests so let me go back to the memoir writing class that i was at Helpful. At first I signed up for it. I wanted to do it. But at first I'm like, if someone told me to sit down and write a memoir, I'd sit down at my desk and I'd look at a blank piece of paper and say, Oh my gosh, where do I start? What do I say? I don't know. Or if I had a, you know, a blank screen on my computer cause I was going to type it like, Oh gee. And it's like, how could I just start with a blank piece of paper? But when our teacher gave us prompts One word prompts, I'll give you some examples, Ray. Uh, A few prompts were maps, fifth grade, nicknames, pets. I mean, they were random. They were all over the board, any topic. The minute I would see one of those prompts, fifth grade, it would take me back to fifth grade, and I'd say, oh, I remember that day, and I would stand up my computer, and I would bang out five pages in a matter of minutes, because you had particular place that you went right back to. So it's not like I'm trying to tell my life story. Bonnie was born in 1959 and then go through that story. Uh Uh-uh. So you're just taking a slice. So I think people maybe get scared about doing stories because they think, well, what am I going to tell her? How it's going to be too long or whatever. But a prompt is really a very specific way to, to do it. So I think it's an easy way to start. And let me remind people our listeners, you're the only person that can tell your story, right? So it's for you to do, no one else is gonna write it. And so we wanna hear it from your perspective exactly.
0: Yeah and and, you know one other thing that I know you do is when you're organizing people's photographs you start to sit down and talk to them about what happened in that photograph and all of a sudden stories appear and so there are lots of places to start here and I think what we want or at least what I'd like our listeners to do is to think about the stories that you would like to tell and and don't cut it off uh, and stay tuned over the next month because you're going to hear some incredible people talk about why stories are important and how to tell them in different ways and, and then sit down and be creative with uh, your past and figure out how you're going to tell it to your kids, your grandchildren, and uh, maybe other people in some cases. Uh, so we're, exactly. al- we're almost out of time, and I know you had a couple of quotes that you wanted to get on the table, so it's quote time, Bonnie.
1: Quote time, okay. Okay. So what really turned me on to stories a number of years ago is I had the book, A Thousand Places to See Before You Die, which I'm guessing a lot of people have heard about or maybe even have a copy. And one of my favorite pieces of that book was in the introduction. The quote is, there's no such thing as a bad trip, just good travel stories to tell back home. And once again, it sort of outlines that the more memorable happenings are the things that you're gonna remember. And things when they don't go as planned are oftentimes more memorable. So think about, you know, Ray, maybe you have an example, but I I tell people think about, have you been to a wedding or a birthday party or a trip or some kind of event where things didn't go as planned and they become more memorable? Like who's been to a wedding where the bride trips down the aisle on her dress. I'm guessing that's going to be more memorable in your category of weddings in your mind than all the ones that went just planned and there was no, no, no surprise,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's hope that people sit down and think a little bit about, do I have a story or what is my story? Uh, how do I want to tell it? Not tell do I not want to tell well. it and and uh, let's uh, get prepared for the next month of July because it's going to be intriguing. And if you think a little bit about what you want to do, uh, you'll you'll have some great output from from our podcasts. Uh, any last minute uh, other things that you want to leave with our listeners, Bonnie?
1: No, I think we'll leave them in suspense till our rest of the podcast, but I think we've intrigued people and and oh actually one thing I would like to share. So I've known Ray for quite a few years, and I learned very early on, one of his favorite words is interesting. And I've been thinking that along the line of storytelling, because interesting is more memorable than boring.
0: Yes, always, <laughs> and always, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, uh, Storytelling will help you at a cocktail party. It'll help you communicate with your children, grandchildren, and people around you. Uh, it will make uh, some of the things that you want to leave uh, uh, memorable. And uh, let me close this thing with one last story. This is one of my stories. Uh, my wife, Sandy, and I were in Antarctica a while ago. And uh, when you're on one of these expedition-style st- trips, what happens is you get up in the morning, you go on out on an excursion, you come back for lunch, you go out late in the afternoon, usually after a nap, and you can do that because it's late 24 hours a day. And we met a couple uh at dinner the night before and we didn't see them on the excursion the next day to see a particular type of penguin in this case and when we uh, accosted them at dinner that night they said well we got up in the morning and we looked at the hill we had to walk up and we didn't think we could make it up the hill and i just was shocked that they didn't go and I just didn't say anything. And they they added in there that we put off this trip until we felt financially secure. And now we are, we have plenty of money but we can't do those things physically that we wanted to be able to do. And the interesting thing about this is when I tell this penguin story, people come up to me, they remember the penguins, you know, and, and they remember the story. and And so crafting storytelling is an art form that any of us can develop. And we have all these media that Bonnie had brought forth, uh, uh, photos, uh, film writings, you know, just oral storytelling. So, uh, Bonnie, I look forward to the month of July, and hopefully you do too, and we're going to have some great guests, and I hope everybody stays tuned. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Changing the Rules, a weekly podcast about people who are living their best life and how you can figure out how to do that too. Join us with your lively host, Ray Lowe, better known as the luckiest guy in the world.